Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You've probably heard me say before that your mission matters, your message matters, your voice matters. And I don't think that holds more true than in which we're sharing our stories in a way that help provoke emotive reactions and connection amongst each other as a human species. What's up, Unbroken Nation? I hope that you're doing well, my friends. Uh, today's episode, I'm very excited to share with you with my guest, Seth Erickson, um, who's actually a branding expert. And I wanted to have Seth on, even though the show isn't necessarily entrepreneurial, as you guys have heard me say before, I always feel like the sense of freedom that comes with entrepreneurship and living your dreams really starts with your voice, your mission, your message. And in this back and forth, Seth and I talk about the importance of the willingness to honor your voice, to hold your truth, and to put yourself out there, even, even and especially when life is scary, as it can be sometimes. And in my journey, I found that the more I was willing to put myself out there, the more that I was willing to face the possible criticism of the world, regardless of what they believe versus what I believe, the more sure-footed I've become in this experience. And I hope that you'll take from this episode maybe a little hope or even a planting of a seed of an idea that your your mission and your story really truly do matter and that storytelling is a beautiful way to be able to convey that to the world. And so again today's guest, my friend 
Seth Erickson. And without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. And this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, A Man's Guide to Being the Hero of Their Own Story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com to pre-order, and until next time, be unbroken. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world. Today, I am very excited to be back with you with another episode and my guest, Seth Erickson, who is a best-selling author and founder of the Storify Agency. Seth, my man, what is going on in your world today? Oh, today? Well, it's the weekend, so <laughs> I'm taking it easy uh, and doing podcasts. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love it, man. There, there's, you know, I always tell people like, if you want to go for your dreams, sometimes you're going to have to work on Saturday, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to be here with you. And, and thank you so much for showing up and being present with me today. For those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I guess the best place to start would be 2015. I ran a successful web design agency. And I was becoming completely dissatisfied in what I was doing with my agency because we were winning awards, getting paid really well, had really happy clients. And every time I asked the clients are, um, you know, are we helping grow your business? And they'd be like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, are you getting more sales? Are you getting more contacts? Are you, you know, are we pushing the needle in any way, shape or form? And the answer was always no. And I'm like, uh, okay. And they were like, but, but we're really happy with the work. I'm like, Okay, but like, I want to, you know, you go to design school and they talk about, you know, design's going to change the world. And I'm, I'm like, all right, I want to change things. I want to help people. Like, I'm in business to help other people, you know, have a better life or do something more. And, and that was kind of always my, my focus. And um, so I got really dissatisfied because I'm like, okay, we're doing all this stuff, but what's the point, right? Like, you're just kind of like in this place where you're like, my job doesn't have any meaning. Yes, I'm making all this money, but there's no meaning to what I'm doing. So I um, called a friend of mine uh, who was the uh, used to be the international head of branding for GoDaddy. And I said, hey, I'm thinking about we need to make a change in the business. And, um, you know, I don't know what to do next. And so went through a process that he had for like branding and stuff. And he said, OK, you're a storyteller. And I was like, great. How do you make money as a storyteller? <laughs> like I thought storytellers are people who work in Hollywood who write movies or they write books or poems or, or music or whatever. And I just didn't see myself as any of those types of people. 
And he said, well, I've got this book called Story Wars by Jonah Sachs. And um, he said, you should check it out. He's like, this guy runs an agency. He's a storyteller. Maybe you can learn something. And so I read the book and it was basically like I was struck by lightning. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I need to learn more about this. And so I read that book and then um, I read a bunch of books, uh, you know, uh, The Hero's Journey by Joseph Smith, uh, Story by Robert McKee. Uh, Lisa Cron has like three or four books on storytelling. And so I read all those and continued to read books. Um, and basically in a year or so, I read about 50 books. And then through those books, I started learning about all this neuroscience stuff that was happening um, and all the research that was going into it. So then I read several hundred research papers and <laughs> don't don't do that to yourself. That's all I can say. Don't don't read research papers about storytelling. Um, the the uh, uh, there was all this really fascinating neuroscience stuff that they were now starting to um, or have, be have begun to understand over the last twenty years, right? Because now we're able to scan brains and look at things. And and um, so I said, okay, so there's something more with story that's that's happening. And and basically. I was like, after I read all the books on storytelling, I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this. And then after I read the science, I was like, oh, this is like legitimate. <laughs> like, So what do we do? And so we actually started applying, um, you know, some of the things that we were learning from these different books and how to craft a story and applying them to email campaigns and applying them to websites and things like that. And uh, we started actually seeing the needle move in people's businesses. We started seeing double the open rates. Uh, we started seeing three and four and five times the um, industry standard for click-through rates and things like that. Um, and we went, holy crap, this stuff works. So we basically changed from a generic web design agency, you know, the, with all the classic tropes of we're so cutting edge, we're so creative and all this stuff to... Um, you know, we're a storytelling and branding agency. And that's, uh, so we changed the name to Storyfy Agency. The reason we call it Storyfy is not because we're trying to be cool like Shopify or, or Spotify, but Storyfy actually is a word that means to tell or narrate in story. So um, yeah, so we made that shift and, um, and then we did that, of course, right at the beginning of the pandemic, which is always a good time to restart your business. And, <laughs> uh, and that's where we are now. So, <laughs> yeah, and and I relate to that in, in a lot of ways because I think that even with Think Unbroken and this podcast and and writing and, and narrative storytelling, like it matters. And one of the big reasons I wanted to bring you on, Seth, is so we could dive into that because I think people maybe misattribute a lot of the information that they take in as story and they just look at it as oh this is this thing in front of me right now but there there's depth to it there's scope to it and one of the things that that's been sitting with me a lot especially recently is man i've almost entirely removed myself from media because about three months ago it hit me so strongly like oh we live in the most fear-based society probably in history and I think that it's impacting people in this dramatically negative way that it's almost crippling. And I found myself caught in the algorithm, even though I've been in, as many people know, background of international marketing and advertising for majority of my adult life. I even got caught up in the throes of it. And I said, wait a second, there's actually something here. And, and what I think is really interesting about knowing what you do is you talk about why the brain is actually like a computer more so than we realize, and you have the ability to hack humans. I think that's really important, and I would love for you to dive in and talk about what that means. Yeah, so um, yeah, so for the book, I used, I used the computer analogy mainly because uh, – I, the book is targeted at startups, although anybody who's an entrepreneur or small business owner um, can pick the book up and, and really understand the principles and start applying them in their business. Um, but essentially, so uh, to break it down uh, kind of in a sim simplistic way, um, we have a conscious and a subconscious. That's kind of like your Windows and your DOS or your, or your Mac and your Unix. Um, we have short-term and long-term memory. That's like RAM and a hard drive. We have biases, which are basically uh, the firewall that essentially um, allow, allows what's going to come in and what's going to come out and, and kind of how we're going to see the world. And so um, 
So from there, it was like, okay, well, what are the applications that run on the oper operating system? Well, they're stories. Every, every experience we have, we tell in a story or we remember in a story format. And um, so then the next question becomes, well, how do you, how do you, so it's a little bit hyperbolic, I guess, to say, you know, hacking humans, but you know, you got to market when you, when you, when you got a new book. Um, but the idea though, uh, is still true that um, basically uh, it, to write to the uh, to, ugh, to write to the operating system, you use storytelling. Um, and so that is what the brain uh, it's a pattern. Basically, when you tell the hero's journey or a type of hero's journey, it's a pattern that the brain understands, it picks up on, and it locks into, right? And so that's how, um, you know, people uh, can sit and through a two-hour movie and walk out like as if no, and they're like, wow, that was really short. Or if they didn't like the movie, they'd be like, that was terrible. I can't believe I wasted two hours of my life. But point being is like, people can sit there and be completely focused on something for two hours to the to the point that like they don't even realize time has passed by right and it's because the brain is so locked into that that narrative so um so that's kind of the gist of of you know why the brain is i guess like a computer <laughs> and when people are locked into that i mean the, I, I would have to assume that there are both positive and negative connotations that go along with consumption right um and, and what i'm wondering here is how can an understanding that we can be so biased because of really it's almost force fed to us in the way that we look outwardly at things um how how can you better understand like in real time what narrative is being spun to you and how to kind of make meaning of that mm. okay so um this is a it, it's a little bit more difficult question to answer um mainly because i so for the book, I started going down like the psychology route of storytelling, and there's a huge area there. And I was pretty much like, uh, I'm never going to get this book done if I try to try to try to go down this and and understand everything that's going on here. Um, to, your, to your point though about bias, uh, bias is a double-edged sword. It's not necessarily a bad thing, and it's not necessarily a good thing. What I mean by that is, um, you wake up every morning, you know, assu assuming that when you touch the ground you're going to be able to stand on it, right? That is basically a bias. It is, it, and so we have biases to, um, they basically act as, as shortcut keys, if you will. Uh, so we don't have to think about every little thing we're doing, right? So I don't have to get up, I try to get out of bed, wonder if the floor is going to be there or not, right? I just make that assumption and that becomes part of the bias of, <laughs> I have this bias towards, you know, uh, matter, basically. So, so in the, in the narratives and, and different things that are happening, um, you know, we definitely are being influenced. And one of the things I, I talked to somebody about this a while ago, I, I said, you know, everything that's going on around us, uh, whether it's politics or the news or, or any of these things that are that are going on, it's basically a narrative war. And we don't understand that we're in this narrative war. Um, like if you look at, at politicians, you know, one side says this thing, the other side says this thing, and they're both trying to get their story, get you to believe their story or their, their version of the story, right? And so there's this conflict going on. And yeah, I mean, it's basically um, manipulation, it's propaganda. Um, it's, it's essentially the dark side of story, which in my book, I specifically didn't cover because I was like, I don't want to go down this this route and be like the guy who's like, okay, children, here's how you build a bomb, you know, <laughs> like, so I, I specifically left that kind of stuff out, but you are correct in, in, in sort of identifying that, like, we are uh, constantly being bomb bombarded by these things and they do affect us over time. Like, you know, you may not uh, realize it right away, but over time, you know, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit of codes can seep in a little more seeps in a little more seeps in. And then, like you said, one day you wake up and you're like, holy crap, I'm afraid of everything or I'm, you know, I'm still so stuck in fear. Um, you know, a, a perfect example of this is, well, if you, if you talk to anybody who watches way too much CNN or way too much Fox, they're always angry, right? Why are they angry? Because they're being fed a diet, a diet of anger and, uh, negativity and all this stuff. And it's like, um, so it's hard to have conversations with people when they're in that mindset, when they're stuck in that place. Um, and it's hard to draw them out of that place and say, you know what, like everybody 
you know, we're all people, right? Like it doesn't have to be us versus them on every little thing, but, um, but that is an aspect that, yeah, I specifically was like, no, let's, let's not go down, <laughs> go down this route. <laughs> Yeah. And, and what's so fascinating to me, it, it almost feels like, and look, as someone who's been in marketing for a very long portion of their life, like I recognize how stories spins narratives that people consume to help purchase products or to listen to a podcast or to, to really, it, it's everything is marketing. Like I really think about that in my day to day, like everything from building relationships with people to having this conversation right now in real time, like everything is marketing because you're always positioning yourself to an extent into the world. And, and what I think people get lost on quite often is not recognizing like I mean, I hate to say this, but it's true. There is always a level <laughs> of manipulation happening in your life. And, and I think from what you're talking about it and recognizing the neuroscience of it, I would love for you to talk about the neuroscience and storytelling and how those two things parlay. Yeah. So so you, you, you said something um, important there, which is you brought up emotion, right? So from a neuroscience uh, perspective, emotion... Um, does several different things. One, it moves it moves a memory from short term to long term, right? So that's uh, so that so when you have an emotion, that memory uh, doesn't just get cleared out by your RAM. Like it's you know, there's lots of things that happen throughout the day and you don't remember them. Like you know, you might have gotten up and I don't know, um, you know, got some coffee or whatever, and then you know, you do that every day and you don't necessarily remember, oh, you know, what was I doing at that moment? So, so your brain kind of goes through and, and removes those things. But when emotion is injected into the situation, um, like, let's say, for instance, you go to the, you go to the store and, you know, you do that all the time. That's a normal activity. But then you go to the store and you get hit by a car. Well, getting hit by the car at the store is going to, that's going to be an emotion that's going to move into your long-term memory. So um, one of the other things that, uh, that we've um, learned or that the neuroscience tells us is that uh, people don't buy on logic. They buy on emotion and then they use their logic to justify the action that they took. So, um, so if you're, you know, watching a commercial or you see a thing and you're excited about that thing or it pulls on your heartstrings or whatever it is, whatever emotion, um, you know, you may uh, want to want to buy it and then you'll justify why you why you bought that thing. Um, the other the other interesting point is that uh, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, like with uh, all these narratives going on, um, emotion kicks people into action. So if they don't have emotion, they about a certain thing, like let's say it's a political topic. Um, if they don't get emotionally involved in that idea or that topic, then they won't take any action. So what you see is a lot of people trying to manipulate other people's emotions to get them to take action, because we know from a science standpoint, that's what causes us to take action. Um, so that's, uh, it's another tool that is basically used. And so in, I guess, going back to your question earlier, um, you know, how can we realize when we're being manipulated well you you almost have to stop and say i'm feeling this thing why am i feeling this thing and is that a good thing or is that a bad thing right like um am i being pulled into this thing or is this something i agree with so i don't know i kind of <laughs> i'm jumping all over the place but i'm trying to answer your question so um so continuing on the on the neuroscience topic uh there's uh, several different things that I uh, highlighted in the book. The first chapter of the book is actually about the neuroscience, and there's actually a, a bunch more stuff. But I just didn't. I was like, this is going to get way too nerdy, and I'm I'm just going to turn people off. So I kind of tried to pick, I cherry pick some of the most interesting tidbits. So one is uh, they did an experiment where they hooked up a storyteller's brain um, and scanned his brain waves, and then they hooked up um, several hundred people in an audience, all all to these same machines. And what they noticed is that when the storyteller started telling the story, uh, over time, everybody in the audience, their brainwave uh, synced up with the storyteller's brainwave. So that's some like really science fiction-y kind of stuff, right? Like we never knew that was going on when people were telling stories. We just knew people like stories and they listen to stories, but we didn't know that like we're actually uh, at a brainwave level uh, getting on the same frequency, if you will. So that, uh, that was an interesting tidbit. 
And I think that speaks to how you can connect with people, the people on a deeper level when you're using storytelling versus like shouting at them and trying to get their attention, which is what a lot of marketing tends to do. Um, one of the other things that we started to learn is that we, um, when people tell us a story, then we in return start creating a simulation of that story in our heads. Um, and so what we're basically doing is the brain's going, okay, what would I do in this situation? How do I, how do I survive? How do I, you know, whatever, like, I'm sure you've probably watched a movie, um, and thought, you know, well, if I was in that situation, right? Like if I was John uh, McClane in Nakatomi tower, I would have done this or that, or maybe I wouldn't have done anything, you know, um, or, uh, or when a friend tells you a story and you're like, well, if I was you, man, I would have done this, right? You've essentially recreated that simulation in your head. You've looked at it and your brain is going, okay, what do we do here? So that kind of goes back to, um, you know, whenever we hit planet earth or, or became or whatever, um, we used storytelling from the beginning. We used it before we were painting on the inside of cave walls. We used it before we could write or had an alphabets. We needed a way to transfer information from one human to the next, from one generation to the next. And so that was everything from, um, you know, eat this berry, don't eat that berry, uh, don't pet saber-toothed tigers, they bite, you know, whatever whatever the, the information that we needed to get, it was passed along in that format. And so that's why today we still, we stop, we make those simulations. We're trying to figure out it's, it's basically a survival mechanism. We're trying to understand the world around us. And um, so when you put something in a story format versus, um, you know, just giving somebody facts and figures, uh, one of the other studies uh, that was really interesting was, you know, they, again, brain scans, right? <laughs> uh, when you tell a story, uh, the listener up to seven different parts of the brain light up in the listener. So uh, that basically means, you know, your full brain is being engaged as opposed to just part of it. Whereas when you tell people facts and figures, only two parts light up and the two parts is basically your, your, you know, audio cortex and then your language comprehension part. So using the computer analogy again, so what happens when you have seven parts of the brain lining up versus two? Well, it basically means uh, like a RAID server that that story is being replicated through through those different senses. And so it's much easier to remember that thing than it is when only two parts of your brain are engaged. And um, and then they did studies on this where they basically had people stand up and tell a story. And then they asked the listeners afterwards, how much can you recall? They tested them on it and, and the recall was about 80%. And then they had people stand up and give facts and figures. And the recall on that was like 20 to 30%. So, so all that stuff. <laughs> All, all that you know, neuroscience stuff uh, is telling us that there is a better way to communicate and um, a much more effective way to communicate than you know, like most people are doing uh, now, which is they're not really telling a story. They're maybe telling half a story. They're maybe telling part of a story, but they're not really looking at it like I am telling a story. And so that's that's one of the key points that I'm uh, wanting people to understand is like you can do this. You just need to know how to do it. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. And is that, and what comes to mind here is just thinking about, is that possible in your day-to-day -day interactions, whether it's with your boyfriend or girlfriend or children or coworkers or, you know, how do you, because I think that people often get caught up in like, this is the fact. And then you're like having a yelling contest with each <laughs> other. 
is is there a way to to do this in a practical sense where you can have a back and forth? Um, well, I, I think I think the best way to, to use a story is uh, to help people sort of understand where you're coming from or why you're you're feeling a certain way or acting a certain way or saying a certain thing. Um, it's not really a format where you can go. Um, but let me tell you part of the story and then you say something and then let me tell you part more of the story and then you say something else, right? But um, you you did hit on something there, which is that um, you can use storytelling, like I said, to to explain, you know, your position or your or your reasoning. And um, and people do that. We like they do it all the time. And that and that's you know one of the things that I I tell people is like we're all storytellers. Like it's a part of us, it's like breathing, we just don't realize it. It's it it happens automatically. And so, you know, my goal is to help you go, okay, I am telling stories, but how can I do it in a more effective way? And, and that's the piece that I'm, you know, trying to help people understand with the book and, and all the work that I do. <laughs> yeah. And in that, one of the things that I wonder is, you know, when, when we're kind of going through this, process and look i think this applies whether or not you're um you know running a business or you're sitting around literally sitting around a campfire um are there characteristics of a good story yeah yeah so um that's where you get into stuff like the hero's journey um and i mean i'm i don't want to go too too far down that rabbit hole but essentially you know there's um in the hero's journey there's 15 different uh pieces that kind of come together and happen. And so you have the hero going from the ordinary world into the extraordinary world. You have them getting called to action. Um, so, you know, a good example of this is like when Luke meets Obi-Wan Kenobi and finds out that, you know, Princess Leia has been captured. Obi-Wan Kenobi's like, hey, we got to go, um, you know, rescue the princess. And Luke's like, mm, no, I'm good. I'm going to go back to my moisture farm. <laughs> um, and and so that's basically the call to adventure. So uh, there's a call to adventure. Uh, I'm trying to think, like there's there's so many different pieces, but um, you know there's the mentor who helps the hero along along the way so that they can overcome whatever challenge. There's the villain. There's um, you know there's the thing uh, that the that the hero gains or learns or understands from the situation. There's um, um, death and rebirth i mean yeah we could probably spend an hour talking about all, all the in individual pieces but um to to simplify it typically uh you know the shortest story you can tell is problem solution right hero villain right and um but you can get you know obviously more elaborate you know you can tell your story in three acts uh, beginning middle end um you can add emotion to your story you know, you can position yourself as as the mentor in the story. You can position yourself as the hero in the story. You can position yourself as the villain. You know, <laughs> uh, so so all these all these different pieces, uh, I, I look at them like they're ingredients, right? Like, you know, to bake a cake, you're you're going to need sugar, you know, milk, butter, eggs, whatever. And then once you have the base ingredients, you can probably make you know, not probably, you can make an infinite amount of different types of cake, right? Like you can um, add some nuts and now you got, you know, a, a carrot cake or whatever. You can add some chocolate. And now you have a chocolate cake. You can, you know, um, there's, there's, once you have those base pieces together, then you can um, kind of add and take things away and, and, and change it around. And, you know, the same recipe might make chocolate chip cookies, but it also might make, you know, uh, M&M cookies, you know what I mean? And so that's the fun thing about storytelling is like, uh, once you have those those base things, um, you know, uh, Robert McKee talks about having stakes in a story. Like there, there needs to be a reason why the story matters. There needs to be um, something that we, that makes us care about the hero achieving their goals. Um, so yeah, I like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll keep droning on it. If you don't stop me, please stop me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love it because I think it matters. There's so many people who, you know, I, I run across people in my day-to-day -day life all the time where, you know, I'll say, they'll ask me like what I've done and, and what I do. And I'll be like, well, I'm a coach, international speaker. I've written a couple of books and, and people are like, I would love to write a book. Right. And they're like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a good storyteller. And I'm always like, 
that's because you haven't started writing a book yet, right? And so what I what I'd be really curious your thoughts on here, Seth. How do you de demystify, or if that may not even be the right word to use here, but but how do you negate this this thought people have about I'm not a good storyteller and help them become one? Yeah, well, um, I mean that was the whole point point of my book was, um, you know, like I said, we all do this thing, and some people, you know, it's like any skill set, right? Like some people are naturally gifted. Right, like you, everybody's got that uncle or that family member who's always got stories, and it's super entertaining, and it's you know fun to be around them because they're telling these stories or whatever. Um, and then there's some people who, you know, like I said, they'll when they their version of a story is to spit out facts and figures. I went to the store, I bought milk. It was two ninety nine. You know, like like there's no, they're not telling it in a story format, but um, yeah, I mean, it, so. So what's the point here? The point is, is that it is, it is a built-in skill and, you know, just taking some time to learn about, you know, the hero's journey, right? Like you don't even have to read my book. You can Google the hero's journey and you can, you know, learn all 15 different points and go, okay, how do I, how do I start applying that to my storytelling? How do I, you know, uh, what is my story? You know, how do I, you know, build characters and worlds and, and all this other stuff, right? Like, um, so it's, it's just, it, I think it's a matter of like, um, like what's a good example of this? Uh, oh yeah. Wim Hof. You've heard of that guy? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, he started doing all this work around breathing, right? Like, and then he started doing crazy stuff because he was controlling his breathing and how he's breathing and whatnot. But how many of us are going, I, I'm really curious about breathing. I'm really thinking about that. Most people aren't, unless, you know, maybe you're an athlete or you're, you know, doing something um, where you have to think about it. But the rest of us, we just we just do it because it's part of the autonomic system and it's just built in and it works on its own. And so why would we think about it? Um, and story, storytelling is kind of the same way. The brain uh, is set up in that fashion to tell stories, but we don't think about it because it's so it's like we're so close to it. We don't see it. So. Um, yeah, so to become a better story, first you have to start to understand, you know, what stories are. Um, you need to understand like the structure of stories. You need to understand, you know, the principles of what makes a good story versus a bad story. Um, you know, and then and then you can kind of go, okay, now how do I apply this, right? And I actually talk about that in the book as well. Uh, the final third of the book is. Uh, basically what I call steal my shit. Like, here's here's how you do this. Here's how you actually apply this stuff to your website, to your emails, to your, you know, ads, your marketing, all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not hard. Like, um, but there's a lot of stuff you just don't understand about it until you, you know, you read about it and you, and you take the time to sit down and learn. So, yeah. And, and one of the things that I'm curious about is, you know, one of the things I, I always tell people is like, be the hero of your own story. And I think so many narratives are really embedded and ingrained in us in our youth and our childhood and in our teens. And I mean, even in every moment leading up until now, and we kind of get trapped in that just from, from your perspective and, and looking at the science and the neuroscience of it and understanding storytelling and, and I know this might feel like a left field question, but I'm very, very curious so I have to ask. <laughs> it, is there a way to change the story in your own head based on the understandings that you've had at looking at neuroscience and storytelling? Yeah, so uh, the short answer is yes. Um, uh, again, because that, that fell into the psychology area, I was super curious. So I kind of like peeked a little bit and was like, oh, okay. So I know that there's... Uh, there's a type of psychology that uses, uh, that addresses storytelling and uses storytelling to rewrite the story that you're telling yourself. So I, so I do know that much. Um, and, um, you know, one of the things that I was, I was reading about when I was started going down this path was, um, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably familiar with this is the concept that like, we basically, um, build these personas or, you know, you might call them stories or applications that help us survive as a child through, um, through whatever situation, good or bad. Um, and quite often they're, uh, they're formed, especially with children who deal with trauma, right? Like 
there's a protection mechanism basically put in place that our brain um, puts there. Uh, the problem is, is that that program becomes outdated over time. So when you become an adult, you're no longer, you know, afraid of, of this, you know, other adult that hurt you, or at least hopefully you're not, um, or you're no longer necessarily focused on, on those, uh, those things that happened in the past, but that application is still running. And then you're reacting based on that, that, uh, that past thing or that, that past application. And so a good way to think about it is like, you're on Windows 10, but you're running a Windows 95 application and it's causing your operating system to get all screwy and, and messed up and you don't know why. Um, and so, uh, so going in and, and having the ability to, to kind of go in and rewrite that story will allow you to kind of change things from that perspective. So um, I'm sure you've, based on uh, the episodes I've listened to that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So. Yeah. But, and what I'm hearing here is it's possible, right? You yeah, have the yes. ability to do that. And and I think that's the biggest takeaway that I, I really want people to understand is like, you don't have to be trapped in that narrative. It, it might take some time to like move through it, um, but it is possible to move through it. Um, one of the things that, that I'd love to talk about, and, and this might be a little bit biased towards myself here for a moment, why is telling a good story essential to dominating in a marketplace? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the simple fact is, is that if you tell the right story and you tell a good story, people will pay attention. Like, that's the big difference between, um, so I see, like, people talk about marketing and they talk about storytelling but I don't see all marketing using storytelling. I do see storytelling in marketing. Um, but what I, I see more often than not is a lot of people, uh, when they market, they're you know, shouting at their customers, trying to get their attention. Um, they're talking about themselves a ton. Um, and whereas when you're, you have a story, you basically, like people just are naturally interested or naturally curious you know, depending on if you're doing it the right way or not. Again, it all, all matters <laughs> on uh, how you're telling a story and, and, and if you're doing it effectively. But um, yeah, you basically, you know, the best, like the best story wins, right? Like, so, um, so figuring out what that story is, uh, figuring out what your brand archetype is, how you're going to tell that story, um, all of that uh, essentially helps you uh, communicate better, which helps more people pay attention to you, which means more people will be become interested in you or engaged with you, which means that, um, you know, the more attention you have, the more customers you're going to have. And the more customers you have, the more you're going to start to dominate the marketplace. So that's, I guess that's the, that's the short and long of it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like, and, and I could be wrong here, but wouldn't that apply to pretty much everything in life? Yes. <laughs> which is why I think storytelling is super important, but you could also call me the, uh, the hammer that sees everything as a nail. So, <laughs> yeah, it, well, but, but I think it does apply. Cause I know right now there are people who are like, well, I, I don't know how to navigate this problem in the workplace and I don't know how to ask for a raise. And I, you know, I, I think about all these other areas of life in which like being able to facilitate a good story, uh, obviously, look, I think at the end of the day, it's like, it's convincing. Because you're either convincing yourself or you're convincing someone else, but ultimately that's where it lies. And I think that if you can, and this is my own personal experience, but if you can learn how to understand how to get your point across in a way that to your point is engaging and makes people focus and be present with you, you will be heard more. And yeah. I think natively, like my, like growing up, my way of being heard was like, I'm just going to be the loudest person in the room <laughs> and, and that's experiential. Right. And so it's yelling, it's screaming, it's fighting. And then I was like, wait a second, what if there was a different way to do this? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's so much of what this conversation is, is just adapting the idea and understanding. Like if you can wrap your head around that, it doesn't always necessarily have to be factual and right down the middle and cut and dry, but instead you can create a, an experience around what it is that you're trying to convey. Like it's going to be beneficial for you in the long run. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked to a friend recently that um, he wants to, he feels like he can, take on more leadership uh in the organization he's working with and he was like hey can can i use storytelling for this and i was like uh yeah 
<laughs> and I said, so what's the problem that you want to address? And he, he took me through it and I said, okay. And uh, we did some work on it. And then he came back uh, like a week later and he was like, okay, I got this outline. Here's how I want to tell the story. Um, the one thing I would say is that uh, a mistake that people make in storytelling is, is they always want to put themselves first. And, um, and what I, <laughs> I'm always working on, especially with my clients is like, nobody cares about you until they do. Right. And so you need to set up the problem, right? That's where we bring in the emotion, right? Start with that. Like, here's, here's the problem as I see it, da, 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 da. Then explain maybe what the solutions are. Then, then you can, at the end, you can talk a little bit about yourself, right? Because hopefully by that point, they're bought into your idea or whatever, and then they'll be interested in learning more about you. But, you know, I told them, I said, you know, until they buy in to the story that you want to tell them, dude, you're like the end credits. Like, like you don't even matter in, in this thing. You, what you have to get them bought into that emotional component of the problem that you, as you see it, and maybe you'll get feedback and they'll say, well, we don't see this as a problem or we see it differently. And I said, then maybe you need to go back and recraft that story. And then you can hit it again from a different angle or whatever, because story is so flexible. But, um, and that's actually what happened is he went and talked uh, with leadership and they said, well, we kind of see it as a problem. We kind of don't. Right. And then he had a better understanding of, of where they were coming from. And then he was able to uh, kind of adjust his story a little bit. Uh, and then when he went back to them, uh, they gave him, you know, the ability to kind of start doing some stuff in the organization. So I guess that also hits on the relationship thing that you were talking about. And like, how can we, you know, uh, build relationship or, or, or use this in relationship? So, um, so yeah. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just, I think it just kind of goes, goes to that point in the idea that, you know, the, having the ability to have a narrative around the way you communicate with people is going to be a cornerstone to, I don't want to call it success in your life. I think that might be too strong of a word, but towards, towards creating change, you're, you're going mm -hmm. to need to be able to, to navigate that ultimately. Yeah. Um, one of Seth, before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you and a little bit more about the book? Oh, yeah. So the book is called How to Hack Humans, Storytelling for Startups. Um, you can find me at storyfyagency.com, www.storifyagency.com. And if you go to storyfyagency.com slash unbroken, you can download the first chapter of the book, which actually talks about the neuroscience stuff that we've been discussing here today. Uh, the book is available on Amazon in paperback, hardcover, Kindle, and it's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have that service, you can just get the book for free. So Amazing. And obviously, we'll put the links in the show notes um, so that you can <laughs> get that first chapter for free so you can read that. My last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Um, to be unbroken? Um I don't know. I, I would say it's simply never giving up, you know, um, never, never staying down, never quitting, never, um, you know, like you're going to lose in life. We all do. Um, but it's, it's how you respond to that loss. Um, whether it's, you know, losing financially, losing a loved one, uh, getting your ass kicked, whatever. Um, you know, how you respond to that is, I think, what's going to determine whether you're broken or unbroken. And so I, I, I see it, at least for me, as like going, okay, that sucked, but how do I do it better? Or how do I not let that happen again? You know, and, and, and taking time to understand, the, you know, the loss, taking time to not let it put you in a bad place and cause you to go way off the rails. Um, and also, uh, you know, making sure that you don't become a victim of, of these things that, that happen because we all have crappy things that happen. So I guess that's, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> Final answer. Love it. Love it. <laughs> thank you, Seth. Thank you for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know 
what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.